Hello, and welcome to Your Daily Homily, a ministry of St. Philip the Apostle Parish in Pasadena, California. For more information on today's readings and homilist, please view the show notes below. And now, Your Daily Homily. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. John the Baptist appeared, preaching in the desert of Judea, and saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It was of him that the prophet Isaiah had spoken when he said, A voice, one crying out in the desert, Prepare the way of the Lord and make straight his paths. John wore clothing made of camel's hair, and he had a leather belt around his waist. His food was locusts and wild honey. At that time, Jerusalem, all Judea, and all the whole region around Jordan were going out to him and were being baptized by him in the river Jordan as they acknowledged their sins. When he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees Coming to his baptism, he said to them, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? Produce good fruit as evidence of your repentance, and do not presume to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our father. For I tell you, God can raise up children to Abraham from these stones. Even now the axe lies at the root of the trees, Therefore, every tree that does not bear good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. I am baptizing you with water for repentance, but the one who is coming after me is mightier than I. I am not worthy to carry his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His widowing fan in his hand He will clear his threshing floor and gather his wheat into his barn, but the shaft he will burn with unquenchable fire. My brothers and sisters, the gospel, the good news of our Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Good morning. Happy second Sunday of Advent. Thank you, by the way, for welcoming us so much last weekend for my wife and I as our first official time here at your beautiful parish. We're so excited to be here with you, especially during this time. As my first Mass and I'm preaching, I don't normally have notes when I speak, but I'm getting older and I wanted to make a good impression on you, so I have some notes here that I'll look down every once in a while. I find it useful and need it. In the upcoming weeks, um, marks a milestone also in my family that we always celebrate, especially with Advent coming and being part of our lives here. In December 1965, my family and I arrived in this country as political refugees. We came searching for those freedoms and liberty, and we literally arrived at the Freedom Tower uh, in Miami. We came on the third Viaje de Libertad, the third freedom flight, if you will. It's kind of like the Cuban version of Ellis Island, if you will. I was six years old, we were poor and scared, and, but we had each other, and my parents had a very, very strong faith. My mother and father had this dream and wanted so much more for our children, for their children. 
And some of my fondest memories as, uh, as kids are though of my mom and, da and dad driving us around Los Angeles when we first arrived from Cuba. My dad was a surgeon in Cuba. And like most immigrants, when he got here, he went to work. He worked as a janitor at California Hospital in LA while he learned English and he learned to pass his medical test. He was able to save enough money though to buy an old Buick for $20. On Sundays after church, we would drive to all the free Los Angeles landmarks of the, as a family. The key word being free. <laughs> if it was free, we were there. Did you know you can have a picnic at Forest Lawn Cemetery underneath one of the statues there? It was free. We did that. We, we had a great time as a family. I didn't know where we were. I just thought it was, we were together. We didn't have much money, but we were together. And I didn't know how poor we were, but I had love and God in my family. And I had a very loving and, child, and loving childhood. And I'm very fortunate for that because I've been able to pass that love on to others and especially my family. By the way, when my dad finally retired, he was a surgeon at the very same hospital that he was a janitor when we first got here from Cuba. Great country, amazing God that we have. And driving everywhere in LA, we'd literally sing Guantanamera, and that was a Cuban song over and over again. And at that time, and I'll date myself, we also sang Petula Clark's Downtown, okay, over and over again. Some of you that are my age or older will know that song. And granted, these songs didn't qualify as singing psalms or hymns or spiritual songs as Paul advised the Colossians. But I do think that they revealed that my family took to heart Paul's advice, if you will, about family and faith. And believing in each other and believing in God, and of course it all started with our baptisms. Paul writes that in putting on holiness and kindness and gentleness and forgiving one another, we put on love. That is the bond of perfection. And it starts, starts with preparing ourselves and realizing our priorities. And it all starts with Advent. There's two themes that tie the first and the second readings today. Hope and harmony. The hopeful vision that in Isaiah's peaceful kingdom on there had not been brought to fulfillment when Paul wrote his letters. And see, even back then, the Jews and the Gentiles, you weren't even allowed to eat together. Isaiah's version of harmony kind of remained a, a distant hope. But Paul advised us to welcome one another and gave his audience kind of a clear path as Christ has welcomed us and kind of gave us those lessons. In the first two chapters of the Gospel of Matthew, tells us of the announcements of Jesus' birth, the birth itself, and events kind of surrounding it. But right after those two chapters, of Matthew, it jumps forward to the adult Jesus, his ministry, his passion, his death, his resurrection. But before saying anything about the adult Jesus, Matthew gives an account of John the Baptist that we heard today, the one who prepared the way of the Lord, if you will, as we heard in this gospel reading. John appears as a prophet in the Jewish tradition, kind of like Elijah and Isaiah, calling the people to repent and to repentance. In today's Gospel of Matthew, John the Baptist is preaching that repentance and change. The Messiah is coming. The Messiah is coming. But people's hearts are not yet prepared to receive and accept him. See, Jesus is, will demand a radical change from heart, mind, and spirit. 
And the people gathered at the Jordan, they were probably mostly, you know, hoping for a better world. It meant that if they had to change their hearts, well, so be it. But the Pharisees and the Sadducees, Sadducees, right, Father? Sadducees. I always, you're going to, over the years, you're going to hear me mispronounce a lot of words, okay? So that one I had practiced a couple years. The Pharisees and Sadducees, okay, were at the Jordan mostly as critics and, and judges. And most of them, they, they really weren't open to change, if you will. They couldn't see their own sinfulness. And they, in their words, they had the law of Moses and the prophets, quote unquote. So they kind of were pretty cocky about it. They didn't have to worry about this, what was coming. But they were far, far from God. They were close to God, closed to God in his plans for our salvation. And unless they could see that and talk about the truth about themselves, they wouldn't be able to accept the baptism from, from John the Baptist. John's baptism was itself a preparation for the baptism that Jesus would bring with the Holy Spirit. And at the time of Isaiah, the chosen people, they, they had lost their way, if you will. And like our culture and today in our society at times, they kind of paid lip service to God, but their hearts were far from him. Instead, their hearts were immersed in, in wealth and lust and in self-service. And soon they would be destroyed as a nation, and the survivors were literally sent into exile. However, from that would come a new ruler, wouldn't it? Someone who would bring peace and justice. He would truly make the world a better place. Jesus was only with us a short time. Nevertheless, he gave us a way of living and behaving that if the world changed, it would, everyone would embrace it. We'd have a better world. And moreover, if we sincerely live the gospel life that Jesus preached, we would all obtain that promise. He would be in the life to come, of course, in the kingdom of heaven that we talk about here today. St. Paul's letters to the Romans also gives us a practical advice about living in, as a disciple in the times that are so resistant to change as ways of God. He tells us that the scriptures, that all the scriptures give us instruction and encouragement. And we know that today. St. Paul even inserts a prayer here, asking God for endurance and encouragement to inspire them, both in their thinking and in their actions, to live in harmony with one another. We have been given a merciful gift from God that is our baptism. And when we refuse to live our faith, we're treating baptism as a mere ritual act. We can endure and survive with God's grace, of course, because of the scriptures, especially the gospels. They're, they're all filled with hope. They give us hope every single time we read them. But we must live and work in union and harmony with one another, and we must discover the good in others and make everyone welcome in our community of believers. How many of you remember Dennis the Menace, right? Dennis the Menace on there, see? Okay, we have to be a certain age and above, right? Okay, you young, young adults or young kids won't remember that. So, so there's this one day Dennis the Menace and his friend Joey were coming home from Mrs. Wilson's house with a plate full of cookies. And Joey says, Dennis, we must have been really good for Mrs. Wilson to bake us these cookies. And, jo and uh, Dennis, in his eight-year-old wisdom of purity that he was, he says, Joey, Mrs. Wilson didn't bake us these cookies because we're good. 
Mrs. Wilson baked us these cookies because she's good. And that's the premise of what God has given us today in that love that he gives us, that we need to find the goodness in each other and others. And brothers and sisters, unlike so much in our current world, we must also learn to be honest with ourselves and with others. We can't pretend to be someone that we are not. We must own up to our own shortcoming, our mistakes, and yes, our sins. Because if we're honest with ourselves, we can help make change. But only if we're honest can we encourage others to change. And if enough of us change, then the world would be forced to move forward in a positive way. So as we prepare for Remember the Savior's Birth, let us pray that we can undergo whatever change God is asking of us in other, to, in other ways to make the world a better place. That acceptance of Jesus requires us to open up our hearts and living in a new and different way, keeping God always before ourselves and thinking of God always before ourselves. The message for the second Sunday of Advent is prepare, or more precisely, don't presume, instead prepare. Stay awake is something we heard last week. Prepare, we hear this week. Stay awake for the opportunities to serve the Lord and prepare to find him and have him in our hearts always. And God bless you on this Sunday. May you have a beautiful week, but always remember the goodness that God gives us with these readings that we heard here today. Thank you for joining us at Your Daily Homily. For information on St. Philip the Apostle Parish or to support this ministry, please click on the links provided. Until our next time together, be safe and God bless.